Welcome to the Contractor's Best Friend Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Humphrey, and today we're brought to you by 4constructionpros.com and we're sponsored by Caterpillar. Today I'm joined in the studios with three of, certainly three of my favorite people, but they're experts, not only for Caterpillar, but for the industry in their area of specialty. One, first, Jason Hurtis for Quarry and Aggregates, Lonnie Fritz with Heavy and Highway Construction, and Scott Hageman with Great Technology. Guys, how are we all doing today? Doing well, Brad. Doing good. It's good to see you guys and good to have you on board here. As we look at today's focus on how we can spend machine choices, you know, one of the things we that we've the four of us have talked about before a little bit, even personally, is just the need for contractors to really match equipment with projects and making sure they understand the details of a project to make sure they're using the best equipment. I want us to get a little bit deeper. Let's get down the dirt, as you guys like to say. I mean, let's look at, let's really get down there to some areas of specials, whether it's underground utilities or large excavation sites. Uh, Lonnie, let's start with you. What would be some good, hands-on, practical uh, advice to our contractors who may be listening to this right now on how they may want to do a better job of matching the right equipment with the right job? Yeah, so you know, you're, you're looking at the projects that are rolling through your estimating department, and there's some best practices to make sure nothing is being overlooked. So today you have the digital plans. You know, we used to have stacks of 11 by 17 paper back in the ancient times when I was in industry, just you know, six, seven years ago. <laughs> Everything's digital today, and and that is really tying that design together with that site visit, understanding the site understanding what is the scope of work and what needs to be done. So that's the first step is what is it, Mr. or Mrs. Customer, you want me to estimate mm. and most probably turn a bid in on here. Then comes in the equipment side of things and the technology. So now that I know what I need to do, how can I best deliver on the productions that we need to meet the schedule. We know today it's completion date. The days of working days are out the door. Um, it is you shall be done by this date. Okay, so what machines, technology do I need to accomplish this schedule in the with the lowest unit cost to get me the greatest mm -hmm. profitability? And, and that's where we come into the wide range of choices of machines. So it's selecting machines based on size to match that productivity, configuring the machine to get to the depth we need to be able to have a balanced machine when we look at uh, loose cubic yard density of the materials and that being in an excavator or in a wheel loader. And then yeah. what technologies do we need to configure on that machine to get the work done again as productively and as efficiently as possible. So it, it, it's a long journey. There's many different facets within the heavy construction value stream. And when we really hone in into the estimating bidding and construction, that's where you want to work with your uh, trusted advisor at your dealership, understanding all the products that are available to you and really matching it to the mission that you need to set out to accomplish with all the activities on that project. That, that's awesome. It's good stuff to come out right off the bat. Scott, when you look at the projects from a great technology standpoint, let's get down again. Let's get practical. What would be some really good insights that you might put a spin on this machine choice? Well, as far as the, the technology on these machines mm -hmm. is I need to know a whole lot of information because it's not one size fits all. So I need to dive down into the questions on where's the job at, physically the job site, because some technology you need a clear view of the sky. Sometimes the technology you need to have a clear view of that infrastructure to that machine, so a line of sight. Then the accuracy, you know, what are your specs on this job? 
Do we have mm-hmm. very, very tight tolerances or do we have a GNSS type tolerance? How many machines are going to be working on this job at one time? Uh, that depends on what infrastructure we use. Right. So more of a consulting role on this. And then we look at the machines and what machines we can put which technology on. So I kind of look at it as a backwards question answer thing where some of Lonnie's comments were based on the, the job itself, but not the technology that puts on that we put on those machines to do the job. So we have to look at it twofold. That's interesting. That's good thought. I, I don't know that uh, I would have thought about that from that perspective, but it's good. Jason, when you look at this same topic, how do you, what, what's the spin on it you, you put on the machine choices? Well, my world's a little bit easier than Lonnie or Scott's because a quarry or a sand and gravel place is basically a factory without a roof. We do the same thing every day take big rocks, make them into small rocks. All that said, though, you still have decision places or decision points on machines and technology. What machine do you use at your face? What technology should you be having at the face of your operation? Should that be the latest and greatest machine with the most advanced technology? Because if that doesn't work, you're not getting the data from that. What's that mean to the rest of your process? Mm. And you have support equipment, the skid steer, the the small wheel loader doing some plant utilities, maybe a smaller excavator doing your piping and, and putting your trenches in. That really is important to you, but not critical to the overall operation. So I think if you look at it in different phases and then look at what your KPIs are, look at your cost of downtime in the different phases of your operation, it's kind of easy to, at least for a quarry, kind of easy to start making the choice on technology and the feature sets of the different machines. Yeah. Jason's used a a, a term there that is used a lot more than it used to be. It's called, he said KPIs. And for those of you that aren't familiar with that, it's key performance indicators. And and these, this is a big deal because this is, uh, these are things that many times contractors will establish on a job to set up for targets or goals, you might call them, but they are something that's measured and monitored. I think that's the context that you were using that in. Yep, correct, and thanks for explaining in an acronym. Yeah, one of the things that I ran across, I wanted to throw this at you guys, because this is something that I struggled with even just a few months ago. You know, there's some part, you know, soil is different in every part, sometimes in the, within 50 miles of soil seems to be different. But I know in the Mississippi area, they have what they call, they're pretty proud of it. It's called Yazoo Clay. I've never seen soil that moves so much. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, you could almost bounce a basketball on it, and the basketball won't, it won't come back up. It'll just sink down into that clay. How does, how does the soil tot play into some of the machine choices that, that you might recommend to contractors that they ought to be honest about? Yeah, you're really looking at tractive effort there, you know, Brad. You're looking at uh, how can you get traction, whether it's a narrower track pad, for example, in a dozer, or is it a wide track pad? Because underfoot mm-hmm. conditions are just as important as anything, yes. uh, being able to stand up, per se, on that soil. Mm-hmm. And um, it is absolutely fascinating to me as to how our engineers seem to continue to figure out how to lower the PSI, uh, <laughs> the pounds per square inch on on our uh, low ground pressure dozers, it, it, the D6XE again is like the lowest ever. It's like, guys, how do you do this? You know, we have the <laughs> the traction control in there, the anti-slip technology, so it st- it pushes more material. Yeah, you know, it, it floats better. 
and you still get good browser penetration. Like I, yeah. it, it, it just works. You know, it's one of those situations. It's yeah. like technology. It yeah. just works. So, so yeah, soil differences. You can go from potato dirt to you know you go like you said just miles away, and you're into limestone or you're into really oh, yeah. abrasive, yeah. you know, very abrasive material. You're looking at undercarriage selection. Yeah. You're looking at what we call GET ground engaging tools, yeah. whether it yeah. be ripper shanks. You, know, you get into your different carbide bits. You get into special teeth. Um, so mm. yeah, know what you're working with because we can take it. That that's the equipment side right but the part mm -hmm. i get excited about is what do i need to do or not do to process this material to reach compaction which is a, <laughs> a function of moisture and density is the water table just below me is this material right. able to dry down right. what right. is my ideal uh moisture yeah. content here so yeah. it, again it's knowing what you're working with and then man what machines can get the job done yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny. You know, we're laughing a little bit, but this is serious business for a lot of organizations. I know uh, some good friends over the years and even clients of mine in the past in Madison, Wisconsin, beautiful part of the country. But, you know, Madison is kind of surrounded by water almost. And they talk about, the GCs have talked about so many times how they have to really be careful about how deep they go down before they hit water. And so this is a big deal for machinery choices, for sure. And Brad, you know, you've been around the industry as long or longer right. than I have, and you right. understand that customers have went contractors have went out of business by not doing their homework mm -hmm. because they just didn't look far enough into the project and really prepared for these variations you yeah. know for especially those that jump different states is there's a lot to uncover yeah. if you will i think this is one of the hardest thing that i have seen past clients of mine and, and, and current friends in the industry that when they start moving away from their home base, you get outside a 50 mile radius of their hometown, it changes the whole metrics of the soil and everything begins to change. And so you really do have to do your homework. Scott, from that standpoint, let me ask you a question as it relates to what can Caterpillar, what does Caterpillar do that could benefit the contractor to be better planning, be better strategic in some of the choices that they do make? I think that's where you reach out to your dealer and before the project is even let out for bidding, um, we've got some customers and contractors that are very uh, eager to learn the new processes. And when I talk about new processes, what about just not getting that design plan from the engineers, taking that design plan and going and doing your quantity takeoffs? What if we stop and we take a look at the, the job where we're looking at, maybe even get a drone or go out there and get some survey equipment and do a quick mm. topo so we know exactly yeah. what material volumes we're working on and maybe that's going to give you an edge if you know physically what's there opposed to what's on the paper now right. you've got an edge against everybody else in your bidding process mm -hmm. i think there's that's good that's good advice you know one of the things that, that i have experienced with contractors through the years i'll get upset because the track uh, isn't working right or a wheel when they should be using just the opposite, you know, and part of that's because they really didn't do their homework. And so I think that there's a lot of credibility there from that standpoint. Jason, as we start closing down on this podcast topic, this is a huge issue for contractors because this is where the money has to really be spent wisely. Any other thoughts that you have regarding of how to better prepare to make sure that they're making the right machine choices for the right project? Yeah, I think they need to ask themselves a couple simple questions. You know, what do you need to do? What are you doing it with? What's your material? What's your density? You know, what's your application look like? What time do you have to do it in? Mm -hmm. You know, do you have weeks? Do you have months? Do you have hours? And what cost do you need to, to get it done in? I think if you keep those four questions in mind, 
and can answer those and understand those, that will help you get the right machine for the job. Good stuff. Lonnie, I'll give you last word on this before I close out. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's it's back to homework. It's it's really putting a microscope in on what it is you're needing to accomplish. Things vary, things change, and also uh, change management overall. It's easy as fast as things are evolving to kind of fall behind the times a little bit, especially mm-hmm. from a technology standpoint. Make sure you're leveraging the dealer. They should be your one safe source for everything that's known to man and available to you. Helps right. uh, contractors think a little differently differently sometimes. And maybe again, I'm a rent before you buy sometimes, try new things. Uh, You come up against something you haven't seen before, leverage that local dealer because they're in territory and they're serving that area and they could be your one safe source. Good stuff. Hey, if you're listening to this, we certainly don't want you to get caught in the spin cycle for this topic because you need to make better business decisions, obviously, and you know that. Uh, You want to get the most for your money, but uh, certainly the type of equipment, uh, even the model of equipment might be uh, very important to you depending on what the job is. Well, this has been a pleasure today. Guys, thank you so much, Jason and Lonnie and Scott, all three of you guys. Thank you for your input on this. Hey, this again was brought to you by 4constructionpros.com. If you want some other podcast to look at or listen to, excuse me, that uh, the three or four of us have done over the years. We'd love for you to come uh, seek us out there. There may be a, you may have a favorite podcast site that might have us as well. We thank you again, Caterpillar, for sponsoring this. Hey, take the information that Jason and Lonnie and Scott have shared with you today. And if you need to listen to the podcast again, listen to it again or put it in the hands and let some people that need to hear it as well. Uh, and use it to, to grow your business. Thank you for listening. Hey, let's have a great year of construction. Be competitive, be successful. Thank you for listening. Link to helpful content from cat experts featured on the Cat Landscaping and Construction Facebook page. 